as others are coming in, we're going to sing together uh, a few hymns. There will never be a sweeter story, 383, story of the Savior's love divine, love that brought him from the realms of glory just to save a sinful soul like mine. Favours 331, sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. Sometimes the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. But Christ will soon appear in power and great array, all tears forever over in God's eternal day. It will be worth it all.
just before we have the opening hymn, let's sing, I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory. Victory in Jesus. sinking deep in sin, sinking to rise no more, overwhelmed by guilt within mercy, I did implore. Love lifted me. Let's stand this time as we sing.
Let's bow together and seek the Lord in prayer. O God, our Father, in the worthy and the lovely name of thy dear Son, the Lord Jesus, we come to the house of God tonight. We come to this gospel meeting where your word will be presented in song and in the preached word. We come with joy in our hearts. And as always, we come through the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was high and lifted up, the one who has a name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that he's Lord. We rejoice in the love of Christ, and we've been singing about that love, that love that lifted us when nothing else and nobody else could help we thank you that there was a Savior who came, who came to be the Redeemer, who came to us in the fullness of time, went to the cross, and laid down his life in sacrifice for our sin. And then in the due process of time, as we lived on this earth, brought forth into this earth, grew up in the world, he came and he spoke to us through his word. We were challenged about the gospel. We, we saw our need of a Savior, for we were sinners, condemned and unclean, sinners deserving nothing but the eternal wrath of God. But Jesus came and he, he showed us himself. He showed us the wounds of the cross, pointed us to Calvary as the only remedy for our sin. And Lord, there was that moment in the life of every believer here when we turned to him in salvation when we were born again of the Spirit and washed in the Redeemer's blood. Thank you for that very moment, that moment when the great transaction was done, when we repented of our sin and by faith to Christ as our personal Savior. What a joy it was to know that day that our sins were dealt with forever. And Lord, through the years of our Christian experience, thou hast been with us You've been with us in the dark times. You've been with us in the bright times. You've been with us, Lord, when we have been down in the very depths, but there'll be those times when we've risen up to the heights too. We thank you that the, you're the unfailing God, and you bring us through every situation. And Lord, you brought us through even the past week. And we know for some, it has been a week of trial and difficulty. We think of the sick ones. We think of the sorrowing ones. We think of others that have trials of numerous kinds, and yet, Lord, you've brought us through. We say to God be the glory. Settle our minds and our hearts down in your presence tonight. Bless our sister Charlotte as she comes to minister in song. Thank thee for the gifts that you've given to her. And we pray as she sings the pieces that you've laid upon her heart, that you'll bless them to us as we listen, as we Hear the old truths that we love, truths of the gospel, truths of Christ. Lord, melt our hearts tonight, even through song. Bring us to see our beloved Savior, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. And as we come to your word, may we have the anointing of God to preach divine truth tonight. May it reach the hearts of sinners. You brought people here tonight who don't know the Lord. We thank you for that. As they sit and they listen to the gospel as it is sung, and the gospel as it is preached. We pray that down in the heart, a work of grace will be done, a work for eternity. Bring men and women and young people 
to the foot of the cross, bring them to Christ, that they might know the joy of sins forgiven. Remember our sister, Mrs. Kearns, tonight. We, we know that today has been a difficult day when three years ago on this very day you took the Lord's servant, Dr. Kearns, home to be with yourself in glory. We know that for him it's far better. He's rejoicing there. He wouldn't exchange places for any one of us. And Lord, he's gone that little bit before the rest of us. And yet we know that for those that are left behind, especially family, there is the pain of parting. And we just commit her to the grace of God tonight. And Frank too, and the wider family circle, Lord, be gracious to them. We ask thee, Lord, that you will abide with us tonight, that you will bless us now as we continue to sing in Jesus' name. Amen. 270, down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied glory to his name.
There's a young lady here tonight, all the way from Portobogie. We're talking about fishermen this morning, and she's from a fishing village that we have very happy memories of. And uh, we want to welcome Charlotte. We want to welcome Emily and their parents, Chris and Michelle. Uh, I said before, I knew Michelle when she was just a little girl, four generations, so we knew the parents and the grandparents as well. And this is the fourth generation now. Uh, we have happy memories of Portobogie. It was the village of revival. In every successive ministry, God came and visited the village, just like the tide there. The tide came in, the tide went out, but it always came in again, and the blessing of God came. One of my memories is they were always early to church, at least a certain amount of them. They, they would come an hour early just to get the back row. Like some of you folks come a bit early to get the back row. And, uh, well, it was good. Others came and joined us in the place of prayer. But we had good times there and good families, good friends. And uh, Michelle's family is one of those families. Thank you, Michelle and Emily, for coming to Romania on BBS in the summertime. And the work that you did with the team was invaluable. So just want to acknowledge that and thank you. Charlotte, after that great introduction, we're going to ask you to come and minister in song. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you um, for having me here tonight um, to sing. The first piece I'm going to sing is He's Always Been Faithful.
Thank you, Charlotte. Plus, the Lord will bless those messages. Good to be able to say, I know, uh, no doubt whatsoever about it, I know thou art mine when we think about the Savior. We bid you welcome to God's house tonight. Uh, we have a number of people away, uh, some far away, some not so far away, but they're away on holiday, and I know some are listening in this morning. But to those that are here in the meeting tonight and to those that are listening in on the internet, welcome in the Savior's name. And refreshments will be served after the meeting just out here in the fellowship area. That's goodbye, Heidi. <coughs> there is a meeting for young people in Coleraine tonight. If you're able to get there, quarter to nine, the Reverend Morrow will be speaking and Jonathan Mitchell singing. Tomorrow night is the meeting in Lurgan for Let the Bible Speak. Put your name on the sheet, please, as we said this morning. I'm not sure if many names were added this morning, but we need to know at the latest tonight if you're going. The buses will be running, the buses will take you, and we're leaving at six o'clock. Schools ministry, Tuesday morning, remember we're in Castle Row Primary School, Friday morning in Kilmoyle Primary School. Tomorrow morning is the Hebron Tots at 10 o'clock. It's back again after the half-term break. Tuesday morning, the Senior Fellowship at 11. And then Wednesday night, there's a school function organized by our Christian school. It's a fundraiser. It's at 7.30. It's a table quiz. And so come, bring your friends, bring your smart friends, bring your knowledgeable friends. Um, I'm going to have to try and get some of those to come with me. Uh, Thursday night then is the midweek, 8 o'clock. We will be praying for our young people. Young people, take note of that. We're praying for you. Come and pray along with us. Friday night is Youth Fellowship. Greg Gibson is speaking on Guard Your Eyes. And this is the wee advert that we're asking our young people to share with their friends and invite them to come along. Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, is the time for the Hebron work team just to come in, some work that needs to be done in and around the church. Next Lord's Day, the prayer meeting, 8 o'clock. Sunday school at 10.30, Bible class, quarter to 11, and our worship service at 12 noon. Next Sunday night is our annual remembrance service and wreath-laying ceremony at 7. Our choir will sing, I will preach, and there are many others who will be laying wreaths in memory of those who have given their lives. And we're asking you to share this, make it known to family and friends round about. If you're seeking for church membership, do remember to see me as soon as possible. We're having an election of elders on Monday, the 20th of November, and a list of our members has been posted on the notice board uh, for those that are eligible to vote. And for those that are eligible to be voted for, there's also a list. And if for some uh, good reason you don't want your name to go forward, please do come and see me as soon as you can. And if you're not able to be there, we have some people that are shut in. Maybe you're listening in tonight and you'd like to have your vote. That can be done. Um, we can visit with you and give you the, the, the ballot paper. You can fill it in and put it into an envelope. All done very privately and secretively. Continue to pray for the war in Ukraine that it will come to an end. And of course, what's happening in Israel is very, very much upon our minds and hearts. Tithes and offerings for the Lord's work will now be brought in as we sing together 225. Have you any room for Jesus 
he who bore your load of sin, as he knocks and asks admission. Here's the question. Sinner, will you let him in? I trust if you know not Christ that you will. You'll come to know him tonight. We'll keep our seats for the offering, please. sing the final verse only. Um, I didn't mention Youth Challenge. Youth Challenge is Tuesday night, our children's meetings, uh, the senior and the junior. That's at seven o'clock, so don't forget that, please. Room and time, now give to Jesus. Let's stand for the final verse. Charlotte, if she'll come and, and sing to us again just before we bring the message. Thank you.
bow together in a wee word of prayer. Our gracious God, we thank you for the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we do live to serve him. And this day has been a day of service, and these hymns have been rendered to the Lord as service. And we come to the preaching of your word, the reading of your word. Lord, make it a blessing. Challenge our hearts. Do us good. And we'll give you the glory. You're worthy. You're exalted. We love thee with all of our hearts. Oh, grant us the ministry of the Holy Spirit now in Jesus' name. Amen. When you turn to Mark chapter 10, we've been doing a series in the Gospel of Mark on a Sunday morning. And because we changed uh, direction this morning because of the election of the elders, it fits in very nicely to come to message 94 uh, tonight, and we're going to read the last number of verses, Mark chapter 10, reading from verse 46. <clears throat> and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more a great deal, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called 
And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I'm going to think about the blind man from Jericho tonight. It seems that he came from a very good family. We, we discern that from the name that was given to him, this name Bartimaeus, which means honorable son or son of honor. Perhaps his father and mother have passed away. That, that's likely the case. And this man has been left alone and left to beg and left in his blind condition. God, in his providential goodness and sovereign purpose, he so orders events that Jesus Christ would pass his way. The blind man is probably brought by a friend and, and left outside the gates of the city to beg. He takes his place on the roadside, not to meet with Jesus but simply to beg of those that pass by. Jesus, having left Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, he passes that way. Many travelers came in and out of the city, but Bartimaeus did not know them. In this instance, the rush of the multitude attracts his notice, and he soon discovers to his delight that Jesus of Nazareth is passing his way. And he begins to cry out, with every fiber of his being. Jesus, my son of David, have mercy on me. When the crowd sought to hush him, he cried out the more until he had arrested the attention of the Savior. And Jesus commands him to be called, and he asks him what he might do for him. Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus speaks the word, and healing results immediately, and the beggar receives his sight, and he, he follows Christ. Now, in the providential goodness and mercy of God, events have been so ordered for you to be in this meeting tonight. This is not Jericho, but I tell you, it is a place where Jesus is passing by. I believe in divine appointments. I do not believe anything happens by chance. And you're here this evening by the grace of God to sit and listen to all that has gone before, and now particularly to the preaching of the gospel. And make no mistake about it, Jesus is passing this way. If you are without Christ, if you are still on the broad road that leads to destruction, it is our prayer that you will cry out, just as Bartimaeus cried out for mercy, that you will cry out for the mercy of God tonight and obtain salvation. Blind Bartimaeus is a representation of a sinner coming to the Lord. He's a picture of what we would have every sinner in this meeting to become or to do, to cry out to the Lord. I trust and pray that you will, as we just go down this passage in a very simple way and seek to draw some of the great gospel truths from it. <coughs> I want you to notice, first of all, his problem. 
And in verse 46, we, we read about his problem, the state that he was in. He's called blind Bartimaeus. And his problem, of course, was one of blindness. He was sightless. And sightlessness is a symbol of sin. Men without God, men who do not know the Lord, unconverted men live in this world in spiritual darkness. <clears throat> the psalmist referred to those who walk on in darkness. And Paul, speaking about the Jews of the Old Testament times, he said their minds were blinded. He spoke about the Jews of his own day who had shut their eyes to the truth. Their eyes have they closed, said Paul, lest they should see with their eyes. <clears throat> and Jesus, he talked about the blind leaders of the blind. He was talking about those who were supposed to be leaders and guides of the people, that they themselves were blind and, and spiritually they were in darkness and therefore they were just leading the people in the same way, blind leaders of the blind. And blindness is a dangerous thing. Sinners are blind. And that's the problem. They cannot see themselves as others see them. When we go out to evangelize and bring the gospel to needy men and women out there in society, how often we find sinners in a miserable, helpless, sorrowful condition. And their lives are broken, broken with sin. It might be immorality. It might be drunkenness. It might be drugs. It might be worldly pleasure or even false religion. And we observe their sin, their departure, their degradation, but these sinners do not see themselves as others see them because they're blind. <coughs> Furthermore, they cannot see themselves as God sees them. Looking through pure eyes, God sees the undone, unclean, unholy condition of all men. We might, by the human eye, gaze upon a moral, respectable, well-dressed man without Christ, and, and we might see a good appearance, at least on the outside. But God looks into the heart. Man looketh on the outward appearance. That's all that we can see. But God looks right into the center of his being, looks into the heart of man, and he sees man as he really is. That lady of the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, in a time of great need in her life, she said, Thou God seest me. And that's true of us all. God sees us, and God sees the sinner. But you know, my friends, sinners cannot see themselves as God sees them. And thus they do not sense their need. They cannot see the way of salvation either. Not really. Their, their understanding is darkened. The devil has them deluded and blinded. The God of this world, as he is called by the Apostle Paul, when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, he says, The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. And that's what the devil is doing. He's blinding sinners lest they should see, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine in unto them. In Ephesians chapter 4, we read further about the blindness of men in verse 18, the understanding 
says the apostle, is darkened. And at the end of the text, he talks about the blindness of their heart. Oh, if you're in this meeting tonight, that's your condition. That's how God sees you, and yet you cannot see the way of salvation. When you look at Christ, there's nothing really to desire Him. No beauty, as the prophet said, that you should desire Him. Nothing to attract you, perhaps, to Christianity. And you can't see your need of God's salvation. Not really. Oh, you hear it from the pulpit, and, and you read it in the Bible, but you haven't really understood it because you're still in darkness. You're still in blindness, my friend. I've often thought if people really understood their need of God's salvation, surely they would come. Because you see, in this blind state, not only can they not see themselves as others see them, not only can they not see themselves as God sees them, and they can't see the way of salvation, but they cannot see where they are going. How much more, if you understood that really in your heart, would you not be on your knees crying out to God for salvation? Would you not this moment be repenting of your sin and by faith laying hold upon Christ as your Redeemer if you knew the darkness of eternity into which you were going, that you were going down to the sides of the pit, into hell itself? If you really understood that, would you not be saved? I believe you would. And although you can acknowledge some of these thoughts and some of these truths, yet truly you're in blindness like a man who was walking, he was a blind man physically, walking on the edge of a precipice. And he thought it was a plain. He couldn't see or, or sense his danger, and, and so he was able to walk uh, quite happily. And that's just like the sinner. Oh, that Christ would give you light because he's the only one that can. Not only do we see his problem, but we see his poverty. The same verse in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 tells us that he sat by the highway side begging. He was a pauper. Begging was his business every day. You could, you could see him there in the gates of Jericho with outstretched hands begging. Haven't we seen it ourselves, especially in some of the countries that we've visited We've certainly seen it in Nepal. You know, the children, you remember, holding out their hands, begging for food, for money. We've seen it in Romania too. Hands outstretched, people coming, they, they need food, they, they need survival, really. This was Bartimaeus. He was poor. He had nothing to, to buy with, to provide for himself. He had no bread. And there he was with his outstretched hands, hoping for compassion and pity from those that pass by. And sinners are just like him. They, they are poor. They are spiritually bankrupt. They are miserable beggars. They have nothing to, to buy with. If you haven't got Jesus Christ tonight, I want to tell you you're poor. A man may have tremendous wealth and much of the world's goods, and yet he is poor. Solomon tells us that in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13 and verse 7, when he says, There is that maketh himself rich and of nothing. And of nothing. And isn't that the very description that Jesus gave of the church of Laodicea 
who had much of the world's goods in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17. Thou sayest, says the Lord Jesus to this church, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That was not a great place to be in. To be able to say, I'm a rich man and, and I'm increased with goods and I don't need anything. I don't need anybody's help. And yet the Lord says, Knowest thou not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? That's your true condition. And you might have money and you might not go without as far as the world is concerned. And yet before God in a spiritual sense, you are a poor man. You are a poor woman. There are riches that are far greater than earth's riches. Christ gives something that money cannot buy. And that's eternal life. If you have not got eternal life, you're poor. And only the Lord Jesus can give you true riches, pardon, peace, pleasure, purity, and prosperity in the things of God. Bartimaeus was sightless. He was penniless. He was helpless. He was hopeless and friendless. And the very first step to salvation is to realize your condition. It's to understand your need. Indeed, to confess, I'm a blind man. And I'm a poor man when it comes to the things of God. Then I want you to note thirdly his privilege. And that privilege is what we read in verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. And what was the privilege of hearing about Jesus? Someone told him about the Savior. No doubt in, in the gates of the city as hundreds of people traversed that place on their travels coming to and fro from the city of, of Jericho. The news was brought of this man called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Doesn't Mark tell us about the crowds that thronged him? Doesn't Mark tell us about his fame spreading abroad? Oh, it got out there about the Lord Jesus. And Bartimaeus had heard about this man who was able to heal the sick, who was able to cast out the devils, who was able even to raise the dead to life again. I want to tell you, my friends, it's a privilege to hear about Jesus. No men do not count it so. You tell them about the Lord and they can shrug it off and they can pour scorn upon it. They don't, they don't regard it as a privilege of hearing about the Lord, but I tell you it is. And another privilege that Bartimaeus enjoyed was that Jesus passed his way. Not only did he hear about the Lord, but the Lord was actually coming his way. What a blessing to have the beloved Savior visit his city and a short moment or two actually pass by where Bartimaeus was sitting that day. I want you to note that Jesus never passed that way again. That was his last visit to Jericho. He was never going to go there again. And so this was Bartimaeus' opportunity, his only opportunity. It was now or never. Every time the gospel is presented, Jesus mysteriously passes by the way of that people, that congregation. And this is a great privilege for those that are present. But I want you to know that he may never pass again your way. I want you to know that, that this may be, for all we know, the last visit that he will give to you. Today may be your final opportunity, and like it was for Bartimaeus, it's now or never. 
That's how serious this matter is tonight. And then I want you to notice his plea or his prayer. We have that in, in verse 47. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. What is this noise? The blind man said to those that were around, who is it that's passing by? Why, it's Jesus, he's told. And once he cries out, as soon as he hears it, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy upon me. He cried to the right one, to Jesus. He cried for the right thing, mercy. That's what he needed. And he cried for the right person, me. Bartimaeus needed the mercy of God. It was personal. And you think, you think of how many in the Scriptures, they were just like that. I think of the, the lepers that we read about in Luke chapter 17. In verses 12 and 13, we read these words. He entered into a certain village. There met him, you know, the ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. <clears throat> and they lifted up their voices and they said, what did they cry? Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Oh, didn't they cry to the right one? Didn't they cry for the right thing? And didn't they cry for the right people, for themselves? And that was the same of the publican that went into the temple to pray. God, be merciful to me. Sinner cried out to the right person for the right thing and for the right person. And he we notice also the dying thief on the cross. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And this is the plea that needs to ascend from your heart tonight. Oh, that men will cry and cry earnestly to the Lord. Is there someone here? And this will be your prayer tonight. You don't know the Lord, but you're understanding your blindness and your poverty and your condition before the Lord. And Jesus is passing this way. Will you not cry out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Oh, what a blessing that would be for you to come to know him tonight and for us to rejoice with you. If you do, then you'll notice his perseverance. In verse 48 of the chapter, then he charged him that, that he should hold his peace. But he cried out, The more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus met with a very cold and chilly response when he cried out that there's never a knock at heaven's gate, but it sounds throughout hell, and the devils come to silence that knock. The blind beggar really meant business with God. No one was going to shut him up. No one was going to prevent him from getting to Jesus. He would not be stopped. If others did not know the misery of blindness, he knew. If others did not think it worthwhile to take such trouble to obtain relief, he knew. He didn't care for the, the rebukes or about the rebukes of the unfeeling bystanders. He heeded not the ridicule. He cried out the more. If a man is really, really concerned about his condition, He's really brought to the place where he sees his need and longs to be saved. Nothing. I tell you nothing. And nobody will stop him from getting to Christ. He will not care what others think. He will not care what others say. 
The devil will hinder you from being saved. There will always be those who will tell you it's too soon or it's too late or you're going too fast or you're going too far. You don't need to pray as much. You don't need to read your Bible as much. You don't need to attend the meetings so much. You don't need to be anxious about salvation. I tell you, they'll stop you if they can from coming to Jesus. The ungodly will. Yes, your ungodly friends will stop you getting to Christ. And not only your ungodly friends, but I tell you, even in your family, there will be those who will hinder you from seeking the Lord. And very sadly, some professing Christians might do likewise. But if you mean business and you're concerned about your soul, you don't let anyone stop you. You persevere like this man and cry out all the more until you get to Christ. And then please notice his pleasure. Verse 49, and we'll read verse 52 also. Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. They called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. In verse 52, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole, and immediately he received his sight. Christ stood still. That's a marvel. And he called him. And the Lord knew the situation. Amid the clamor of the crowd, he, he detected the voice of want. He bid him to come. I'm sure with the thousands of people thronging the entrance of the city of Jericho, there were many noises and many people talking, maybe even shouting, and yet there was this man, and the Lord knew all about him and heard his cry. And he just stopped where he was, and he bid Bartimaeus to come to him. Bartimaeus cast away his garment. Every hindrance, every hindrance that would stop you from getting to Jesus, you must cast it away. And he came to the Lord, and Jesus asked him, what can I do for you? Now, Bartimaeus had many needs. Like so many out there, he, he, need, he needed food. He needed money. He needed clothing. I'm sure he needed friends. Maybe he even needed a home, but more than anything else, he, he needed his eyesight. And so he stated his case, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he was cured. It was instantaneous. It was perfect. It was sovereign. And it was complete. And in a spiritual sense, Jesus Christ can do all this for you and set you on your way rejoicing. The psalmist speaking about the Savior who would come said, the Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. For seeing the days of the Messiah when Christ would come into the world, the prophet Isaiah said, the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. He predicted that Jesus would come in Isaiah 42 and 7 to open the blind eyes and to bring out the prisoners from prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. And he did just that. He did it physically, we know. He did it for Bartimaeus. He did it for the blind man of John chapter 9 who was blind from birth. 
And he did it for the other blind people that we read about in the Scriptures. He opened their eyes. But praise God, he did that spiritually, and he still does this spiritually. At the commencement of his ministry, you remember he went to his home village of Nazareth, went into the synagogue, and he opened the Bible and he read, The Spirit of the Lord, reading from Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, dear friend, tonight, blind in sin, unable to see the way, the truth, and the life, incapable of grasping the deep and the eternal need of your soul, falling, failing to recognize that you're, you're going down, down, down to the sides of a lost eternity. Jesus can open your eyes to see you can have the pleasure that this man had. One final thing, and with this I'm finished. We see his pathway right there at the end of the chapter. As soon as he receives his sight, notice the words, and followed Jesus in the way. Bartimaeus did not return home as soon as he received his sight. He would not leave him from whom he had obtained such mercy. And this is the effect that grace, the grace of Christ, has on everyone who tastes it. It ought to, to make him a follower of Jesus, freely pardoned. He ought to give himself freely and willingly to the service of Christ. Bought at such a mighty price as the blood of the Savior, he ought to devote himself thoroughly to the one who redeemed him. Real salvation will make a man feel every day, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? Oh, my friend, tonight you need your eyes opened. You really do. Do you see your true state of sin? Do you see that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation, the only one that can save you from your sin. Can, can you say, one thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Can you say that tonight? Every believer can. I know this. If I know not much else, and if I'm not able to answer too many of the questions on Wednesday night, here's one thing I know. There was a day when I was blind, but now I see. For Jesus has opened my eyes, and I've come to know him. I pray that everyone here will be able to say that. If you can't say it just now because you're still in the blindness of sin, come to Christ. He will open your eyes. You will be able to see him. You will be able to receive him. And as you do, you'll be brought to the same place. Oh, yes, I was blind, but now I know this. I can see a Savior who has redeemed me. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we thank you for this wonderful history 
this incident that, that happened just there in the gates of Jericho, and we can see it in our mind's eye, this man who, who sat there every day to beg. But this day was different. Jesus passed his way. And Lord, make this day different. Make this night different. For poor, spiritual, blind beggars in this meeting tonight, open their eyes to see. May they come to the Savior. Oh, as they, they, they take their steps to the Savior, praise God he will do for them as he did for Bartimaeus. He will open their eyes and he will have compassion and mercy. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you're able to do this. You've lost none of your power. You're still the same today. And, Lord, you came to open blind eyes. Do it tonight here in this meeting, right now, in some sinner's heart. For Jesus' sake. Amen. So, you idiot, is our lovely appeal hymn, I'm coming to the cross. I'm poor, weak, blind. Have you see that tonight? I'm poor, I'm weak, blind. This is what we've been talking about tonight in God's Word. And I'm coming to the cross. That's what you need to do. Counting all but dross, I shall full salvation find. When you come to Christ, the blessed Lamb of Calvary.
it's Jesus you need. It's not me or anybody else that's here. It's Jesus Christ, him alone. When you cry to him, save me, Jesus. Have mercy upon me, Lord, right now. Oh, God, our Father, it's your word. It's your gospel. It's your salvation from beginning to end. Lord, bring sinners to the foot of the cross. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to the place where they see their need and cry out, have mercy on me. Save me, Jesus. Save me now. Let your word live on and do men good for Jesus' sake. Amen. If we can help you, that's why we're here. Come and speak to us. Don't go away without the Savior.